I'm getting through finals. Shit's crazy. I'm reading self-help books that that are wild uh, reinterpretations of the steps. I am living and I'm here with my co-host, uh, very handsome, uh, well-groomed, employed, Mr. Dave Yates. Hello, everybody. I'm employed. Yeah, that's because I'm zooming in. The, the beauty of Zoom is I can zoom in uh, from this Minneapolis hotel room. So if you, once this goes up, you'll notice the, uh, the hotel room uh, closet chic that I have as my Zoom background. Super fancy. I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. The first but thing I, got I said. The, uh, yeah, but I got the clarity statement. I got it. Yeah, read it. It's beautiful. Welcome to 12 Questions, where a podcast where really growth and recovery isn't just for clean and sober people. Our mission is to share our experiences with guests who do the same. We're not affiliated with AA, NA, or any other 12-step organization. 12 Questions has absolutely no opinion on the use of drugs or alcohol by anyone. We're simply two people that happen to be in recovery that want to give hope to anybody struggling. Although some of our guests may be clean and sober, some of them are not or choose not to divulge. The purpose of the podcast is to learn more about ourselves and others. We only hope that you can learn something about yourselves by listening. Yay! And I'm very, very excited for today's guest because he is a force. He is a phenomenon. He is he is one of those people that you meet in L.A. comedy. It's like, like where you're like, you have to meet him at some point. You're not a real LA comic unless you've met this person um, and his big, huge, beautiful personality. And we always have our guests introduce themselves. Who are we speaking with today? Hey, my name is Josh Nasser, and uh, I do stand-up comedy, uh, TV hosting, social media, and online coaching. Oh my gosh. He, and you're a TikTok star. You're a TikTok yeah. phenomenon. Hold on, I, I'm sorry. Do you realize that when I heard Dave's voice, like I immediately got calm when he read that. I was like, I'm sorry. I literally, sh I was like running around and I'm crazy. And, blah, blah, blah. and then he just talked and I was like, <sighs> I should charge I money for 12 that. Step. I'm telling you, dude, <laughs> seriously, that you have to read, like do that for a living, at least do voiceover stuff like those reading books. Mm -hmm. It could change my whole vibration. I'm Damn serious. Like, I was like, <sighs> really nice. Sorry. Yeah, you have a centering quality to your voice. Like you would be an excellent. Yeah. We'll have to include in our our Patreon, which we will be putting up sooner rather than later. Uh, we'll have to include like a daily Dave meditation. Oh boy! Like soft, really dulcet voice. Yeah, I'll definitely do the daily meditation and then walk out of my house and be like, "Stop fucking speeding." 
Well, you know what? It's no, it's interesting because I I'm very happy and whatever. And then at least once a day, I fucking lose my shit at things that are not alive. Like if stoplight, I'm going to stoplight and it won't turn green. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm screaming at shit all day long. That's not even, it's not even alive. A couch. I, I, I bang my toe. Fucking whore. I'm screaming at things that are not alive. <laughs> so we're all working on it. How's your relationship with things that are alive? How's that going? I, uh, so I went just so you know, uh, and I love, I don't mind saying it. Uh, I went to 12 step for codependence and sex and love addiction. Um, I worked the steps twice. I've had some great sponsors. I've had sponsees. Um, and, uh, so I'm very self-aware of what I'm not great at. And mm -hmm. one of the things I'm not great at is, uh, if let's say one of you are being negative and I can see it coming, I'm very, very good at pushing it out of the way or dodging it out of the way. But if it surprises me, so let's say all of a sudden, uh, Dave says that ah, or, or, or somebody cuts me off in traffic and it's or very aggressive. I'm still, my reaction time is, I still get very upset if it mm -hmm. surprises me. Mm -hmm. um, and that's something that's going to get me in trouble and it has gotten me in trouble. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm working on right now. That's like over the last three weeks, that's what I'm working on. Yeah, the, they call it a, a, the pause when agitated. That's mm -hmm. usually, that's, yeah. And I, um, I, uh, I've been getting better at the pause part, but it just goes down into my stomach and it's probably going to turn into cancer one day because <laughs> I don't, I don't react, but I just swallow it. I just swallow the anger and, uh, you know, that's not healthy. It takes some time to learn how to channel it. It's so funny. I, I remember doing a show with you, Josh, at the improv lab, which is, um, a difficult space that's what we'll call it it can be a difficult space and i remember you going up on stage this is where you you've always been somebody whom i adore but this is when i was like my 12-step heart fell in love is you went up and you looked at that audience and you said i have worked the 12 steps in two programs if i don't like you that's because you're a bad person <laughs> Like, and you know what? You're a bad audience. <laughs> and the, that's the exact verbiage. Look, I've done, uh, wait, uh, wait, I've done, wait, well, hold on. What's the verbiage? Uh, I've done 10 years. That's what it is. Look, I've done 10 years of 12 step and 15 years of therapy. If we don't get along, if we don't get along after all the work that I've done on myself, it's you. You're the problem. <laughs> it's not me. <laughs> that, and, and, because I'm very good at being self-aware. And going, oh, or if somebody brings my attention, oh, I'm wrong there. I and I love when somebody points it out, like, hey, that was wrong of you. And I can go, oh, you're right. I don't mind that at all. Mm. And I think that's the key for me in 12 step to be self-aware enough to go, oh, I was an asshole. I was bad here. To be curious you know? about our behavior is so important. And I think that requires a remarkable amount of surrender, which I have seen you practice. Like I've seen you actively practice it. How do you experience surrender in your daily life? This goes back to what Dave just said a, a few minutes ago when he was making a joke. He swallows the anger. Dave, that's literally what I'm working on right now is it just happened. I was uh, at a work thing and I heard something very negative about me that just wasn't true. Somebody had said something and I took it and then I go, well, I don't want to push it down. I go, I'm, I'm going to this is my chance right now to literally move it out and not allow um, it to affect me. And my mom said this. she got it from somewhere. But. 
what is one of the only things on earth that uh, defiles its own container? So what are one of the only things on earth that defiles its own container is anger and jealousy. Mm. Yeah. So I took that when the person said something, I took the anger and I go, oh, that's going to make me upset. And I'm not going to be present for this podcast for Anna and Davey. Like I'm going to be not a good person. So I, this happened 30 seconds before you and I started talking and I go, mm. I'm not allowing that in my container. Yeah. So I can't do that all the time, but I don't want to swallow it, Davey. I don't want to have that in my stomach. Why? What's the point? It's not even my stuff. It's theirs. And Make sense? Yeah, I am. A, I'm completely fine being a uh, a half melted uh, Tupperware container for the time being. <laughs> you're like you're like one of those uh, use one Ziploc Tupperwares that you use 85 times until it cracks in half. That's right. That's right. <laughs> or I tell you what, I just got fucking angry. I'm sorry. Let me just. I'm sorry. I'm in a parking lot in the car, and I just looked at some guy, and he's out in the street, and he just spit. He was crap and spit. We're in a pandemic, assholes! Sorry. Sorry. You just fucking spit. Don't spit. We're in a pandemic. Welcome, to, welcome to broken Tupperware, Bill. <laughs> See? And I go from... And then I, now I'm irate. Now I'm back to Davey. Now I'm back to Tupperware in the fucking microwave. But it's... It, it is like a type of insanity to kind of like swing back and forth. And it makes sense. Like... Yeah, that is aggravating. You know what I mean? Like, we don't know if that is a vaccinated loogie. We have no idea, you know? But, like, it is definitely gross. We could respect our earth and respect our fellow man a little bit better. We could lean into a bush and hawk a loogie in there or something, you know? But, like, that that kind of insanity, like, what's been one of the most insane moments you've had either in or out of your your journey like your growth experience and it could be insane good or it could be insane bad so this is something i've been thinking a lot about it um and it's not something i know i want to put out there but i think it's part of my journey to put out there yeah so this kind of fucked me up for a while so um i was talking before about my anger and it pops mm -hmm. out uh, I was pulling out of the gym and uh, it was a sidewalk driveway combination that goes right into the street and there's some blind spots and maybe I wasn't paying 100% attention as much as I should, but I inched out and this skater came skating right across the front of my car and smacked his uh, hands on the foot of my car. Mm -hmm. it, it was very startling. I look around like literally, what, what the hell's going on? I didn't know if I hit somebody. And then a bunch of kids, 15, 18, 20, came running up to my car. What the fuck? Like screaming and yelling at me. And I was like, literally like this, you know, like, oh my God, oh my God. And then one of them hit my car with his hand. And excuse my language. I said, don't hit my car. But I said that. Um, and I pulled over and I got out of the car. I called the cops because I don't know what happened. I don't want to drive away for hit and run. And they're taunting me. Fuck, I mean, scream, you're an asshole. And I'm like, yo, 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 yo. I said to the cops on the phone, I go, look, I'm going to leave. I'm not going to get in a fight with these dudes, whatever. So I leave. Ends up that the guy, the, the, the skater is a guy named Nia Houston. Nia Houston is this generation's Tony Hawk. He has 4.2 billion <laughs> followers. They posted a video of me saying the F word. They took my picture and they posted. They said, who is this guy? And for 72 hours, I laid in bed. My career's over. The, all these people on the Internet started calling my agents. I mean, just sending me hate mail. You should die. You're a loser. Uh, you drive a Toyota. Uh, your iPhone's cracked. I mean, just stuff, right? And then after 72 hours, I go, yeah, I don't give a shit anymore. I go, I'm, I'm done. 
I go, I, I know who I am. People know who I am. I made a mistake. I would have to live up to my mistake. So I took that picture that they posted and I made it my profile picture on all of them. And then I went on stage and now I read on stage all of the hate mail. Hey, you look like you're 50. Uh, you, <laughs> you look like a dead 24 year old. I mean, <laughs> the stuff that they said. That's um, actually a compliment. Yeah, yeah. That's a, a real good read. You're driving, <laughs> a Toyota, you're driving a Toyota. What a loser. Is that an iPhone nine? Get a job. And I'm dying laughing. Yeah. So it was pretty intense though. I mean, they literally called every agent. Um, and what I've done since then, you know, Anna knows I have a charity that helps domestic violence victims, which are lesbian, gay, straight, bisexual. I've made tens of, I mean, thousands of dollars of donations to the National African-American Women's Foundation, which also helps lesbian and gay and bisexual. I've also made direct donations to the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transsexual centers. I've given thousands of dollars of clothes. So that goes to a living amends. I was wrong. I made a mistake. It didn't come from any place of, you know, hatred or whatever my own anger, but that goes back. We were talking about Davies. They surprised me. They punched my car. They skated across. I didn't know what's going on. I had to call the police and it came out. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm ashamed of that, but I'm working through that. So that's a crazy story. Does that suffice? Yeah. yeah. That's like, I'm always yelling about how it blows my mind that we don't teach people the process of amends and what you just outlined. And we'll get to those questions is the process of amends. And there are so many people railing against cancel culture and railing against you know this that and the other thing and so many of these folks that have been you know drug on the internet you know for doing a misdeed for making a mistake um committing a crime or you know irreparably harming somebody so many of them have either chosen to and more so the latter, some of them have chosen to be like, hey, I did that, I'm sorry, and then they disappear. And then some of them are like, hey, I did that and I wanna make it right. How can I make it right? And um, and I think that that is a, a valuable thing is like you talked about, you've been able to make it right and you've been doing well, you know? It's not like you're you're walking around like, you know, you're a cancel survivor, which is so funny. I love that. I, I kept hearing that. I'm like, oh, Josh is a cancel survivor. But it's possible. It's possible. You know what I mean? To grow, you know, because it's like you took the feedback and you owned it and you said, yeah, I did that. And it sucked. And I, I, you know, I, I have programming I'm trying to root out that isn't valid any longer. Well, and it's the same thing when they talk about recovery, like, sorry's just not good enough. It's a, it's the amends that's 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 the point you know where it's like you got people yelling at each other on the internet it's like well they apologize yeah but they, they try to make it right right it doesn't matter what it is it's like i before i got sober i said sorry a lot and that didn't mean anything to anybody because i kept saying sorry over and over again but until i said hey i did this thing i'd like to make it right with you if possible how can i do that you know that that, that keeps my side of the street clean and it, yeah. and it helps I, I can't control whether or not it helps that person, but it helps me not um, be the kernel of kicking my own ass right. beyond where it needs to be. Internal and external restorative justice. That's really what it is. And, um, and I applaud you for being so honest. You know what I mean? Like there's. And it's scary to put that out there because 
like I've been doing the, this, the social media now and only one person brought it up. They said, Hey, what happened with Naya? I just deleted the comment. Just not, I didn't acknowledge it, but I feel like part of me wants to actually own it publicly and say, Hey, I did this and I was wrong. Um, because it's one thing, if I shy away from it, and I don't know if this is all right, maybe I shouldn't do this, but if I shy away from it, it's almost that um, um, uh, I'm trying to hide it as opposed to saying, hey, we all make mistakes and I'm wrong and I want to do better. But I don't know if a crisis management person or an agent would say, don't say anything. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, take uh, like let's take the business side of it out of the equation. And this is just my opinion. Um, I do the things I do to make it right with me, not for the benefit of anybody else. So like, if I know that I'm continually trying to make the wrongs I've perpetrated in my head, right, I don't need to make a big grandiose gesture about doing that. So for me, it'd be like, if the amends has already been made and completed, and it was just one comment, it's like, you already fought that fight within yourself. Like that's, I'm not saying fighting externally. It's like, I've already fought me internally about this and I made peace with it. Like, so like, would it, would another public display be a penance that you don't really deserve? Like, you're like, like, are are you trying to do a shame walk again for something that you've already, you know, Yeah. To and that's only to your discretion, feel like you've completed, you know, or are continuing to live in that amends, you know? And also has the behavior changed? Know. Like has the word left your left your your lexicon? You know what I mean? Like so, two things. One, thank you for saying that, David, because it is, I don't think I have forgiven myself for possibly like hurting someone. And I shouldn't go, like, I can't control that. So I think that that's right. I can forgive myself. Okay, hey, you know what? That was wrong of me. I, I got to do better, you know, hold myself. In other words, don't hold myself accountable to the outside. Hold myself accountable to me. Yeah. Right. So that, uh, yeah. yes, um, that in other words and other, just the overall anger, uh, I'm still getting rid of. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. From my yeah. child, I know exactly where it comes from. It comes from my stepdad. I know exactly what it is. My stepdad was literally a classic narcissist. He's been diagnosed, literally the therapist that diagnosed him who escaped concentration camp says, I haven't seen anybody like this man since the Nazis. That's oh, a paraphrase. Jesus. But that, 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 I'm sorry. That's the exact words he used, but that's a paraphrase of the story, which he said in open court. So that's who I was programmed by. Yeah. So at 16, when he continued that kind of behavior, putting me down, putting me down, I remember going, hey, fuck you. My mom owns the half the house and you own the other half. I'll stay on her half. You can't kick me out. And yeah. my brain, out of protection, says anytime I feel threatened, fuck you, which may help in some situations, but obviously like for instance, when I felt threatened and they banged my car and they're all, 10 kids are screaming at me, that response came out when it didn't need to, you know? It also also, like, it affects how we make decisions, you know? Um, What do you mean? So being hardwired um, pre-recovery, pre-working on myself, being hardwired to be defensive or to be angry that affects how I make decisions currently. And I think a problem with, I'm not going to say a problem with me is if I'm not willing to rewire my brain, 
I'm never going to be better at making those decisions. So you're like, you have people that'll say, well, you know, I'm not racist. That's because I have X, Y, Z amount of people of color as friends. But it's like, well, if you grew up around racism and you've done nothing to like rewire your brain, Mm -hmm. you, you might still be, and that's okay. But it's like, it takes work to rewire my brain in order to make correct decisions. And that's the next question, Josh, is like, how do you make decisions today? Uh, I'm sorry. What, can you be? What do you mean? How do I make decisions? I'm sorry. How, how do I? How did I rewire my brain? Yeah. To well, re- and how do you make decisions today make because of all currently. the work that you've done? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I'm sorry. I don't understand exactly what, what I'm. What I'm. What I'm. The question well, thing is, I, I did the work in twelve step, but how do I do it today? Yeah. I. You know. And the reason why this question is there and I probably need to revisit the wording, but it's for many years because of my lack of faith and my lack of confidence, I was unable to make decisions. Like I couldn't even order in a restaurant. Like I was, every decision was the the next big mistake I was gonna make. And um, something clicked, something happened along the way where I could make those decisions. And like in terms of the third step and how that is a decision to turn our will and our lives over. How do you process and make decisions today with everything that you've learned? So I haven't visited the 12 step program in a while. I would say it's become a little more automatic. And what I think is that it'd be nice for me to go back to have a little bit more structure in the decision-making. But I think that, um, if I come from a place of uh, positivity, meaning that I don't put myself in situations that will put me at risk physically, morally, or spiritually mm-hmm. to, to have to have, I, I very rarely have to make any big decisions. I ve- unless somebody attacks quickly, like when I was just there and somebody said something mean for no reason about me. Um, I very rarely am around it where my, de- it's like, um, um, my sponsor gave me a, the flow of Tao or something, but it's like water. Water doesn't need to make decisions. It just meanders. If it's going down, it just kind of goes around the rocks and it just, so going with the, I guess, sorry to put a lot of words, but how I do it now is I go, I try as much as I can to go with the flow of life. Hmm. Yeah. That's, that's that. what guide. that's what guides my decision-making, but Everything is great. Like they say in the big book, everything is great when you're the director and all the actors are doing exactly what you want, yeah. <laughs> you know, but so I'm still going to be in situations and I, I know for a fact, I'm going to get myself in trouble with my, my quick spurt anger. If I don't fix this about me, I'm going to say something and do something wrong that just comes from anger. And, and I, that I'm still working on. And when I say still working on it, like, over the last three weeks, I go, oh, I really want to get, and I've gotten better. For instance, yeah. just happened as at 30 minutes ago, right before I would talk to you, somebody had said something and I just go, well, and I pushed it aside. I go, okay. And I didn't even internalize it that much. About 20% of me internalized it. The rest was able just to go, oh, that's them. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and the, the go with the flow is like, kind of, if you look at a car accident, like the rigidity, like, like having like when I'm in defense mode, I'm very rigid and like bracing for the impact. 
and you get injured a lot more when you're rigid mm -hmm. and, and instead of being loose like if, if you're loose and you let like i mean if you let it roll rolling with the punches is another uh you know i guess colloquial yeah. phrase uh, and it's my rigidity from my anger that causes me the most injuries mm -hmm. yeah and if i see that again not to you know to pound it in if i see a punch coming i can roll with it if it comes up out of nowhere i'm still not good at, at, at that's that's what i want to work on yeah but i mean that's the thing when it comes out of nowhere you know that's the i i think there's a there is a degree that i have to let myself be okay with not being okay all the time you know like I'm no. not going to be, I'm not going to be prepared for every punch. Mm -hmm. I've been like, I think of like a, like I'm, I'm making the word, but like a Zen master, right? You know, I don't know who that would be, but like somebody that's just, that's what I'd be striving for. More of that. If I fall short, great. But I want to get, I come this, I don't know where I'm going to get, but I want to get better at it. You yeah. know, I see a character yeah. defect, yeah. you know, so I don't know if I'll be perfect, but I want to get better. I think I and I think that those um, Zen masters would be the first to tell you how imperfect and flawed they are. You know, it's like the um, yeah, we have this view of what we think we know about ourselves and what we think we know about others. And what we find is that we're all human and we're all kind of a mess. And and I think and I think that's a beautiful thing, you know, for me, those areas of self-discovery, the things that I found out about myself that were surprising in both good and negative ways were um, always bringing me closer to living more authentically, right? So like, what is your uh, most, what is the most surprising thing that you've learned about yourself so far, Josh? that I haven't loved myself the way I should. Mm. And I'm surprised that, God, I really should. Like, I'm a good person. I should love myself for exactly who I am. Mm -hmm. I'm really surprised that I, with all the work that I've done myself, that I really still haven't been like, hey, I'm a good person and be proud of myself. You talked before about these, um, the TikTok videos. I watched them the other day. I couldn't sleep and I started watching them and I watched them as a viewer. And I'm like, hey, that's kind of funny. Like mm. my videos are kind of funny. You know, yeah. um, so, and I go, wow, these are pretty good. I'm pretty proud of myself. So just being proud of myself. And I've had moments over the pandemic where I was like, hey, I'm pretty proud of myself. And I haven't had that my whole life. And I should be. I've done a lot of mm -hmm. shit. I've been on literally one of the number one TV shows. I've had my own TV. Like, I've done cool shit, but I've never been like, hey, that was a good job. Yeah. Wow, I should be proud of myself. Wasn't the biggest part. I wasn't the lead. It was a small part. But hey, I did okay. Yeah. You know, a lot of people move to Hollywood. And they end up having to move home because they can't figure it out. And I've somehow figured it out for 26 years. Yeah. And I think that that's, I mean, this, this self-worth thing for me is, is uh, one of my favorite Kurt Vonnegut quotes is sometimes you have to stop and look around and say, if this isn't nice, I don't know what is. If the, say it again, if this is what? If this isn't nice, I don't know what is. So the pause and saying, this is nice. Like I I've done, I've done well with my life so far you know and it's just the, it's the it's the acknowledgement of the good instead of always like oh i need to do this or i'm not enough of this or i need more of that yeah anna how is davy so smart i don't know i mean like, i mean i he, do know but like i don't he's, know he's gotten me a couple times there's been a couple things that i'm like whoa that was really good 
You know what? I mean, I'm just in the zone. I spoke at a 12-step meeting before the podcast, so I'm just in that zone where I'm thinking mm -hmm. about, I'm thinking structurally how to manage this. But later, I'm probably going to go and want to murder someone. Another uh, so. Hey, wait, uh, Anna. What's the what's the passive aggressive thing that I want to start putting and harass? Oh, Gary what is it? Yes, um, a very good program. A, a passive aggressive term is well. That's your walk with God. Oh, so good. I guess that's yeah. your walk with God. I mean, um, it's, just, it's just, it's just Josh's walk with God, y'all. It's just it's, my walk with, I mean, <laughs> I, it's just, I mean, it can be said nicely, but I'm just, I can't wait. And if you guys, if anybody listening, there's a guy on uh, Gary Cannon who's, he works as a comedian. He's a very nice guy, but I decided to make a GoFundMe for him to quit comedy. Um, and the goal was $6 and we raised it. And I think that's one of the funniest things I've ever done. Um, <laughs> He's, he's like my close friend. Like we talk about serious stuff, but online we just harass each other and it's so fun. You love to um, harangue the, people yeah, out of love. The, the amount, the amount of Gary Cannon, uh, uh, and it's not just you, you're the, you're probably the best, but like everybody shits on Gary Cannon oh. and it's like for as successful as he is, people shit on him. Like he's the scum of the earth. <laughs> Him and Gene Pampa, I mean, it's I, just, and I love both of them. They're both very funny oh, comedians. Yeah, I think I wrote today uh, on Facebook. I go, I guess I was right. Comma, Gene Pampa is an asshole. Like <laughs> nowhere, nothing. Eight o'clock in the morning, I just post it on Facebook, you know, and I tag him in it. And then um, I think uh, the location was the Gary Cannon um, House of Bible Study. Like it's just stupid. Yours so funny. My another favorite Josh troll is somebody will post something on Facebook and he'll just post his headshot. <laughs> he'll respond especially, with his headshot and like book me. <laughs> especially if it's like a sad post, like, hey guys, I'm going through a really rough time right now. Could use some love. And I just put my headshot and that's it. I just <laughs> I so dumb. <laughs> Or I put my all my links, my headshot, my bio, my resume links to stand up hosting. I just put my full bio. My favorite bio, thing ever that yeah. I've done online, my favorite thing I think I've ever done online, and he told me I can't do it anymore, is uh, Jay Washington, who is just a comedian. Yeah. I said, I would like to say thank you to Jay Washington uh, for the booking. He opened a new comedy club. If you're a new comic and you've never done comedy before, Hit him up, send him your headshot bio resume, links to your stand up. Make sure you send it twice so he gets it. Ah, he, he doesn't have a comedy club. And yeah, then I tagged I, the location of the Jay Washington Comedy Club. The most take no oh. shit Chicago ass comic. It's just like, no, don't send me that. Dude, <laughs> it brought, I was, I was, I was sitting on the couch alone, banging the couch, laughing at myself hysterically. Yeah thinking of people sending and him going what 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 oh no it's so but i can't do it brutal. anymore because he got too many messages and it gave him anxiety i think yeah <laughs> yeah yeah you are you are the internet scamp you love to cyber bully a little bit uh but like in a fun way I love to do it unprovoked. Where no, no, no. I, I wouldn't call it cyberbullying. I would call it taking ball busting like we do in green rooms and mm -hmm. then just putting it out there for everybody to read. That's what it is. I mean, because that's the thing. It's like an onlooker who didn't know anything is just like, they would think we all hate Gary Cannon. 
but like we don't like he's very very good at his job i mean he's been oh. he's been he's been conan's warm-up comedian for like what a fucking decade Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he tours the world as a comic. He does, yeah, no, he works. He, he and he's and great. And as I said, we talk on the phone about serious stuff. Like we really help each other. And that's the thing. It's just like the ball busting, the love and the ball busting. It's just it's it's unfamiliar to a lot of people. But that's just that's uh, that's the comedian love language. Is how do I fucking shit on you? That's the the, twelve step love. That's the twelve step love language I grew up with. Like in the fellowship I came up in, it was like ball busting like like playing the dozens in the parking lot like like you you had to not only you had to learn how to roast your friends but roast your friends in prison speak you had to be able to like do it all (laughs) so wait anna Mm -hmm. davy will you please tell the story (laughs) how you got banned from facebook for a couple days what happened (laughs) <laughs> oh, I, I'm currently, I'm currently banned from Facebook banned. for 30, banned I'm, and banned again. Banned I'm going to ta- tell you this. So, okay. So my thing, especially w- with David Rosenberg, well, one of my favorite things to do with David Rosenberg is accuse him of snorting his own jizz. Uh, Cause I can't, I can't think of a funny, more demeaning thing to say to a man than that he snorts his own semen. So then, Wait, does he snort it wet or snort it dry? I have I've accused him of nutting in his sock, drying it out, and then breaking oh. it up on a plate like cocaine and snorting it. So then, so then Josh is being Josh one day, and then I, I photoshopped a picture, and I still have it because when they ban me again, they show me all my infractions. So it was a picture of Josh's face making some weird face, and then I drew jizz lines like white cum lines coming out of his nose and um he reported it and it got me it got me kicked off of facebook for like three days and it's been the snowball effect he apologized we were talking and he bought hot sauce yada yada but like i get kicked off faster now because they think i'm a problem because i posted a picture of josh snorting his own jizz <laughs> Well, not only did I report it, I screen captured the report it, and then I put it in the comment section so he knew that I was reporting it. <laughs> Damn, Josh, you're crazy. <laughs> Since then, so, I, I've been kicked off for uh, threatening David Rosenberg that I was going to kick him under the fridge like an ice cube. <laughs> oh, <so good. laughs> um, I mean... That's a really funny. I've gotten, ki- I've gotten, I've gotten <laughs> kicked off of Facebook for telling him to shut up and meditate. Ho, um, and the most recently, my most recent Facebook um, getting um, thrown in Facebook jail is there was a uh, there was a white dude with big dreadlocks on the airplane I was on. I took a picture of that, and his dreads were hanging over the seat behind him, like really in this other person's space, and I'm like. This motherfucker with the dreadlocks, I swear to God, if it was me sitting behind him, I would have lit them shits on fire. I hope his dreads get caught in a propeller. Jesus. (laughs) You made Josh upset. (laughs) And someone someone with dreads, I think, some white dude with dreads reported that picture. (laughs) Now I've I've been in Facebook jail for going on. I, I have a 30 day stint to do. I so think I better start I getting abs. Facebook sucks and I don't love it. But I will say, um, I will say I did pick up something from you, Dave. We've been um, speaking of 
uh, doing hateful shit on the internet. My roommate and I hate watch a um, Instagram influencers like stories together. And um, she is on a backpacking tour of Mexico and being a real embarrassment to herself and others. It's been real great to watch. And um, at one point she hooks up with some dude from Texas and I was trying to figure out the aesthetics of this man. I was trying to figure it out. And finally I just shouted out, he's a wook, he's a wook. She hooked up with a wook. <laughs> and I figured you would probably be very proud. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I'm educating the world. So you know what? You know what we just learned about this, about all three of us on this podcast is that we are all imperfect. We are all prone to fear and anxiety. <laughs> we will all take it out on others, especially digitally. Um, Josh, how do you... Oh, that takes, it takes honesty takes, to recognize that. Yes, yes. Uh, so like, what is your level of... Hello there. This is Nicole Yates, host of the DigiEat podcast. Join me each Thursday as I talk to all sorts of interesting people from all over the place about food and life. Because really, isn't that all that matters anyway? That's every Thursday on the DigiEat podcast, available everywhere you get your podcasts. And hey, did you eat? Honesty, Josh. Um, it's pretty, I would say pretty crystal clear now. I think I'm pretty like i said before i don't put myself as much as i can i try not to i'm just, you know and this changes but i try not to put myself in any situations where i would have to be dishonest mm -hmm. right like if i'm not if i'm just going with the flow of it i don't have to be dishonest at all but mm -hmm. i'm also pretty insulated because of the pandemic I, mean, I take that shit seriously i still wear the mask i social distance like i don't play around i'm not out the only thing i do is i drive around my car and i do the social media stuff but I'm not around people. Mm -hmm. So I'm not in a position where I have to be honest or dishonest. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty isolated at the moment. Mm -hmm. I honestly think a good thing about the pandemic was, uh, or, you know, the still ongoing pandemic is it really showed you like, you don't, you keep the people that you care about close, mm -hmm. you know, and then like you check in with people. Like I, I can tell you like multiple times throughout this past year and a half, Josh is one of the few people who've just messaged me. Hey man, how you doing? Which is nice Same. for, for as many people as I deal with on a regular basis and take calls from social media friends or real life friends or, you know, 12 step recovery people. Like it's very rare that someone checks in on me, you know, yeah. to see how I'm doing. So the people that do do that, and I said, do do uh, the people who do that mean a lot to me. You know, yeah. and and I don't need more people than that that amount of people that care. You know, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I, I I couldn't agree with that more. And I, and I call it dialing for dollars. And I learned it twelve step. If you're feeling down, pick up the phone and call somebody else and get out of your own head and ask how they're doing. Yeah, get it. Just how are you doing? Or if you're just feeling you? what wonky or whatever, just go. Hey, how are you? How are you? And it really helped. mean it. Like, don't just say it. Don't do lip yeah. service. Do it. How are you? Yeah. What's going on? Get out of your own fucking nonsense. Yeah, we're all going to die. This is all bullshit. It's all bullshit. We're all going to die. Yes, Everybody call your will. friends in recovery and tell them we're all going to die. That's not gonna <laughs> I say that. I go, look, this is all bullshit. I go, and what I say, as I go, look, when you're 70, 80, or 90, you're going to look back and go, man, I wish I had these problems. Yeah. You know? So the shit that we go through, 
we're just specs. We're all going to die. Like, have fun with it, you know? Be nice, be kind, keep it moving. Well, it does reduce the anxiety. Like, when I'm having anxiety, a quick call to an alcoholic uh, or an addict to see how they're doing helps reduce my anxiety. Uh, just how do you experience anxiety in your life today? Uh, I'm able to see it and laugh at it. Mm. Because I've had, so I was on a benzodiazepam. I was on medications 23, 33, 43 for about 27 years. Wow. Um, I had anxiety when I was 23. Doctor gave me a benzodiazepam called clonopin. I never went over the medication that uh, the, the uh, allotted amount I was given. Mm-hmm. Um, they had me on uh, Prozac, Doxman, Elevil, this, that other thing, uh, lithium, all these things. Um, and I had, when I say hundreds of thousands of dollars, of uh, medical uh, bills, going into the emergency room all the time, going into a lockdown rehab for 72 hours because I was so nuts. And then I went off the medication and guess what? I don't have any of it. Zero, nada, zilch, nothing. It was all for me, a side effect of the benzodiazepam. And it's all math. You have one thing, you take that away, you don't have it, it goes away. So uh, Stevie Nicks actually said going off of Coke and heroin was easy. Going off benzodiazepams was really hard. It's one With of the hardest that. kicks. It's and one of so, the most dangerous. Yeah. And and I didn't know because it came from a doctor, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm watching a few, uh, it's on HBO Max right now. It's, uh, I think it's called uh, The Crime of the Century. It's about the, the opiate uh, epidemic. Mm. Have you watched that? No, I haven't uh, watched it. I watched The Pharmacist, which is also about the opiate. It's very, it's very yeah. similar. This one focuses in on Purdue Pharma in general. But that's the thing. It's just like um, I believe in taking care of my mental health. Um, you know, I've got a, I've got a family member who has to be on the lowest milligram of Zoloft. Just and and they're they're the most right they've ever been. So that yeah. works for them. But it's just like, it's the, the level of honesty, like we talked about earlier, you know, how honest am I and willing and open am I to, to, to figure out what it is that I need, you know, and it's not just add more to the problem. Yeah, yeah. that's very much my, um, you know, my psychiatrist, we had a, we had a, a phone consult the other day and he's so funny because I'm always like, well, do you think I need more of this or more of that? And he said, honestly, the goal of this is not for you not to feel anything at all. The goal of this is for you to pause and identify why you're feeling it. And he said, and you know what? You did that. So it's working and we changed nothing. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. You know, so I um, I think that there is, and, and there's a huge difference between like a Zoloft and a benzodiazepine. Like a Zoloft is in your like... Um, uh, your antidepressant like class of drugs and stuff and benzos are wildly addictive not to say that people don't need them you know I know people in the program have very severe panic attacks who have had to take them and um, it, it's all about you know uh, there's a pamphlet in a program called in times of illness um, where it's it's between you your sponsor your doctor and God and there have been moments in my own recovery where I've had to call my sponsor and say, you know, this is a way the doctor's proposing for me to get right in this area. And for her to say, well, are you a doctor? And to be like, no. And to be like, well, maybe you should listen to the doctor, you know, and it is, it is tough because there was a while where they were prescribing a lot of things that were not good for people like benzos that became long-term and like opioids that became long-term. Well, that's so the thing is that super it, was good, 
it was it was very complicated, but it was very simple. Is that I remember that it was at Kaiser. The doctor didn't even look at me. He just wrote the prescription. <gasps> oh no! And it for me, if looking back, it 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 was definitely needed. But I went and did the work in twelve step. There was a point when I was going to therapy five days a week. Whoa. I was literally that. I would end up. I, I was so tired mentally that I would go to therapy. I would lie down and fall asleep, and the guy would let me sit there, letting him know I have a safe place. Like I was going and going and talking about things. And then once I gained some of the tools, I could get off those medications. So for me, if I look back and I knew everything in the world, I would say I definitely needed a benzodiazepam or whatever for a short time to get over where I was at. Then I learned Mm -hmm. the tools and I should have gotten off, but I got off 27 years later, Wow. which by the way, um, they say one of the side effects of going off is anger, depression, anxiety, Mm -hmm. uh, agitation. So I got to give myself credit. By the way, I just went off all the medications this pandemic. Yeah. This is not, I haven't been off for years. Wow. I just, in the last, I think we, seven months. So when I went up, my body still convulses at night. So I'm what, every night, pretty much at six, five, five to seven nights a week when I'm relaxing in bed and then you hit that, okay, I'm sleeping. Okay, I'm going to not sleep. I'm sorry. I'm getting ready for bed. I'm in bed. I'm relaxing. Okay, engines are shutting down. My body convulses. Like picture like a car. It's going 60 miles an hour. It was starting to, so my body will convulse. Brain's totally fine. I could have a total conversation, but my body is going, the whole thing is shaking. If you were in bed, you'd be like, yo, you all right? I'm like, I'm fine. So have you talked to your doctor about that? Yeah, it's normal. Wow. It's 100% normal. Remember, I was on a medication yeah, 27 it's, it's years. Stored, it stores in your fat cells. That's why yep. like, when, when people who abuse benzodiazepines go off in rehab, they have to stage them down slowly. Otherwise, you seize up because it's, it's stored in, yep. it deep in your muscles. It's a real dangerous That's kid. exactly right. So I've been off the benzodiazepines for a while, but I was on Lexapro, and I'm now off of everything. And I can honestly say, um, for me, happiest I've ever been in my life. I'm like seeing colors for the first time. I'm like tasting food. Like I've been over the last couple months, I've been like, oh, that's the best hamburger. Wow. I've never tasted something that good. Like really like, whoa. Um, so my body's still definitely adjusting. That's interesting. How do you feel about like, as you've been going through this and you had mentioned your character defects before, like, how do you, um, what defects of character as this process is unfolding for you? Like, what defects of character are coming up? What are you having a hard time putting down? Like, um, uh, it really goes back to the one that I'm really, I'm going to conquer this one. I'm going to get really good at it is, uh, um, I don't know what the exact verbiage would be, but, um, and maybe David, you can help me put it into like an exact language, which would help, uh, or Anna, um, if I feel slighted, even if it's not, if I feel slighted, then I attack. So that, uh, that, that kind of thing, you know, it's the, you, I go ahead. Yeah, it's the, you hurt me. I'm going to teach you about hurting me. I'm going to hurt you. I'm going to make you wish you never hurt me. Like I'm that's gonna destroy you. Yeah. That's you hurt it. me. I, that's it right there. Yeah. You hurt me. I'm going to destroy you. I have a yep. friend who calls it uh, an inflamed sense of justice. <laughs> go on. Yeah. Because she is, um, she's a therapist and she's worked the steps in like, uh, CODA and ACA and other 12 programs, you know what I mean? So she's done, she's done all the different ones. And she says, uh, she gets an inflamed sense of justice, whether it is a personal slight or a societal slight or, and her, 
it, she makes it her mission to make whatever that thing is right. And um, it's usually not her place. <laughs> so like it is, you know, we should do things to make the world in our, our personal space and protect ourselves. But there's a lot of things where it's just really easy to be like, maybe that person has a bad day, you know, to utilize perspective taking or to utilize, you know, some form of empathy or to even just be like, yo, is this worth it? Like they're being a dick. Is it worth it? You know? Yeah, but my fucked up brain says it's always worth it. It's always worth for me to fire and brimstone people. And that's not true. I'm just, that's, that's kind of what I have to unlearn. And it's like, you know, that you hear the phrase hurt people, hurt people, you know, like grief was a big source of fuel for me to want to hurt other people, you know? So it's like, that's, you know, and since I've been working on the grief, I still want to hurt people, but it's like, it's maybe like 15, 20% less intense than it was maybe say a year ago. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like reducing the, I don't know if I'll ever be able to eliminate it, but reducing the intensity at which my innards become a flame when someone slights me is, is a good, is my first goal is to reduce that intensity and to try to let the, let the, let the pressure off slowly. Yeah. I want to share with you guys, uh, this literally is while Davey is, while you were talking, Anna, and then Davey jumped in. I got a text message. Somebody said something negative as we're on here. I, you guys know I have a charity that helps domestic violence victims. And a lady, one of the people that I work with texts me. He goes, yes, some lady just walked by and goes, wow, Josh's mom must have a lot of clothes in, uh, in uh, the warehouse. I guess he's taking advantage of people because I work with the charity with my mom. So I know that I'm not taking advantage of everybody. I know what I do. I know the good that I'm doing. But this random person walked by the table and said something rude. And mm -hmm. I immediately go, I want to destroy this person mm -hmm. because they're saying something negative about me. Let Just us, happened. Yeah. Let, I mean, I, it's hard. It's, it's hard. It's, it's Actually, really not really, hard. though. It is yeah. and it isn't. It is kind of when you think about it, you go, yeah, that's their thing. All right. Goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know, that's it. That's their thing. Yeah, totally. So and it's kind of nice. How, when people, when you do get to that point where you're like either able to move past it or at least just move on to the next indicated thing, like what is, um, like, what is your experience of forgiveness in that situation? Um, I'm new to this, exactly what you're talking about in the last three weeks. Mm -hmm. So right now, as we're sitting here, I'm going, yeah, just let it go. Forgive. Go. I, I don't even need to to allow myself to forgive and get involved. Just go. It's none of my business. Yeah. It's not my side of the street. No, I don't know if that's correct. I don't know if I need to have the process. I'm going to forgive that person and pray for that person. Or I just go, mm. you know, I just don't even don't even acknowledge it because it's just not worth it to get involved. Because mm -hmm. for all we know, that person is, you know, let's literally crazy. It's like a person on the side of the street screaming and yelling, you know, you go, well, we're not on the same plane. You know, so I don't know. Yeah, it's um, I don't know. Forgiveness for me was such a cage fight over the years. It really was. It was such a cage fight. And I got to a place where I had to grow or die when it came to forgiveness. And 
I was drugged through doing this exercise where I would write like a forgiveness letter to every person I had ever, um, every person I had ever had a resentment towards in my entire life. And it was grueling because then I found myself, what I, what I discovered about forgiveness is it's the process of, for me, reliving the harm, um, accepting who that person was in that moment and accepting who I was in that moment. Because 90% of my resentments and my hurts in the past or my lack of forgiveness is centered around not forgiving myself for what happened, for being like, I should have protected myself more. I should have seen this coming. I should have seen the punch coming. I should have seen the skateboarder coming toward my car, you know, and I beat up on myself for not being omnipotent, for not being, um, you know, a, for not having the ability to see the future and the past. What does that word mean? Sorry to interrupt you. What does uh, omnipotent, omnipotent mean? Uh, omnipotence like a like being a god you know what i mean like got it, putting got myself it, yeah, in gonna, the eyes of like people. all knowing all powerful yeah like a, I, like a gary cannon yes yes exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry like, I'm the, sorry. Uh, like the the great gary cannon and um yeah so i um i would beat myself up for that and i would call myself weak and call myself bad and call myself like petty and mm -hmm. um and when i got to a point where i could accept it where i could see it i could accept it it discharged from my body it was like the weirdest thing it's like these resentments that i've been holding on to this pain that i've been holding on to my entire life it was like i woke up one day and the sun was brighter than it had ever been and food tasted better it was like the weirdest thing it was like i had swum out of a swamp into a valley like it was beautiful um and that's why that question is there is it's like what's your process with forgiveness because forgiveness is like we talk about that we're like just let it go or just like forgive them or like you know what i mean like they don't matter the lion doesn't worry about the the words of the sheep or whatever yeah but no truth, that's it yeah but it's like the truth is like it is a process that we have to learn and we have to teach each other but, i would agree with you yeah. Part of me is just going, just bye. Like, don't yeah. even have it in my, you know, don't even have it. But the, I don't think that's 100% right because it could still live within me, but don't even have it in my realm. It's like, it, I'm giving a silly example. And by the way, I'm learning as I go, I'm, I'm in mid process of exactly what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. So that what I, my opinion right now, it's, I'm just giving an opinion at the moment, but yeah. it's almost like if I'm driving 60 miles an hour and somebody says something, well, I don't need to stop. I, I can literally just continue they're not even in my realm. I'm a mile down the road. They're not even in my realm. So it's yeah. almost why, and I don't know why even acknowledge the forgiveness and I'll just keep it moving. Yeah. Just keep it. Pushing. You know, I'm, I'm all, I'm all the way in San Diego. That person's in Sacramento. Like, why do I even need to get involved mentally with it? Yeah. yeah you know, I, I don't that. know, but, I but, that. but I can still take those feelings with me down to San Diego and, and I don't want to have that, you know? Yeah. I, I bring me wherever I go. <laughs> One of the things that you can do, and by the way, I'm doing a bit right now, is if you really want to get angry, you watch Dave's comedy, and it just makes you so angry that you forget about your problems. That's right. Uh, I, I always tell people, uh, you could hate everything I'm doing in the audience, and you're still not thinking about the bills you have to pay or your, your wife. I'm providing you an escape that won't kill you. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure if your comedy wouldn't kill somebody, but Ma maximum I maximum service is what I'm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You two I dorks. I love you so much. How like 
What's the weirdest amends? You talked about a big amends. You talked about the amends, the living amends after being canceled, basically, like, or at least in for 72 hours, an attempted wow. cancel. You, you've, you've talked about that amends. Like, what's maybe the weirdest or strangest amends you've ever given or gotten from somebody? They're not strange. I, I, I just remember some dude uh, worked for me. And after like a year and a half, he just sent me money. And I was like, why just have money? He goes, well, when I worked for you, I felt like I did X, Y, and Z. I don't feel that was honest. And I feel like I owe you money. I don't have a lot of money. I think he owed me like, I'm making the number, $850. And he paid me $50 a month until it was paid off. Oh. I never asked. I didn't even know that he, you know, that he thought he would owe me money. Um, and he paid that shit off. I never even asked. And I didn't ask about the payment plan. I didn't even make a payment plan. He just said, this is what I'm going to send you. I'm like, okay. Wow. So pretty cool. Yeah. It's a fellow really comedian. Cool. That's yeah. a, the cleaning up our own side of the street is super important, you know, and that's a good example of like you, the, you were the affected party and it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It matters to that guy. So he could sleep at night, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And how so, awesome it is that you could receive that because there is that, there is that petty part of the brain that would be like, you took advantage of me? How fucking dare you? I'll kill you. But I didn't Instead, know. Instead, you were just it, it, like, oh, okay. <laughs> but even no, even one one layers, I didn't even know that he took advantage. And looking back, mm -hmm. I go, well, I don't think he, I still don't think he took advantage. Like, he, mm -hmm. we're just working. So it was one, like, it wasn't like, he, I stole from you. It wasn't, I, I still don't even remember the exact context. Because it was like, okay. You know, and even if he did, let's just say he stole, which he did. But let's say he actually stole. I never knew. And he called me and said, by the way, I'm going to pay you for this. How can you be mad at that person? At least I couldn't. I go, heck, I, that guy's a fucking great guy. Yeah, he made a mistake before, which, by the way, this wasn't the case. But, boy, he just came out of nowhere. I would never even have known. Wow. So I have a lot of respect for him. Yeah. I love it. I love it. What would you say your spiritual practice is on a day-to-day -day basis, if you have one? As far as spiritually, and it goes back to what I'm saying, when something happens, like when I was on here with you and I get it, the spiritual practice is going with it. I use it like, um, I'm not sure what kind of martial art this is, but like karate I know is where you, you strike and it's very um, um, not aggressive, but uh, I think mm -hmm. it's judo or jujitsu where you use that opponent's power against them. It's so like they throw a punch at you. What is it? Aikido, judo, and jujitsu all do that. Mm -hmm. That That's my spiritual practice. So if something mm -hmm. comes at me, and I, I perceive it as aggressive. What I try to do is use that energy and then push it out to a positive space and not like, hey, everything's great, just to go, all right, what's the next right action I can do? Yeah. For instance, on here with you, somebody said something negative. Great. I'm going to go. And the, when the woman texted me who works with me, I said, don't allow yourself to be surrounded with um, negativity. Push that into positivity. That's pretty much what I texted her. Yeah. So actually, my exact words were her words. Ignore negativity. That's what I do. Just ignore it and keep it moving. Yeah, just keep it pushing. So that would be my spiritual practice yeah. for me. I love that. I love it. Um, what is also, your... well, also uh, connecting with my fellows, which we talked about you know, making fun of people online, our friends. That's the way we connect. Because off of Facebook, I te we text each other. Look what I just wrote about you on Facebook. You go, I love it. You're a dick. Oh, that's great. Oh, you're a... Oh, my God. <laughs> so connecting with my fellows... Uh, both men and women, um, you know, I, I connect with Dana Moon a lot, you know, just check in, 
that's oh, a spiritual practice Dana. for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dana Moon Pie. Um, that is, uh, yeah, I think those are the two things. I love that. For me. I, I could do more though, but whatever. What's your relationship with a higher power like? I haven't even thought about it in so long. I'm just, I'm just so like, I've been in the, like the pink cloud. Mm. I'm just like, I'm living, you know, before it was, I don't know, I don't know if this is right, but before it was like, I was looking up, like, save me, higher power, save me, save me. And now I'm, I feel like I'm, and this is not to be too grandiose and it's not all the time, but I'm living with my higher power. Yeah. Makes sense. It's kind of, you know, we're kind of like, I'm just doing my shit throughout the day. It's cool. I don't have any real drama where I'm like, help me, save me. I don't really have any of that. Um, and I'm sure, I hope it doesn't come, but if it comes, okay. You know? Um, so I think I'm living more in line with my higher power than underneath my higher power, save me, help me. Mm. I love that. That's good. I mean, I think that's a healthy way to look at it because a lot of people... It's, they call them foxhole prayers when before you get sober. It's like, I promise if you get me out of this, I'll never drink again. And then you end up drinking again, you know, instead of just, I look at the facts, which is like, I've, I've never not been taken care of. So I just got to live with that spirit of the universe that I know what I, what, whatever I do, how scary it is that I'm going to be taken care of no matter what. Yeah. And the more that it, when I hear you guys talk, I do realize that, oh, I don't think I'm, I don't think that I'm as healthy as I'm, I'm saying I am. Meaning when I really do slow down and listen to, like when I was saying what Dave was talking beginner and there's been a couple of times you said it's something I go, oh boy, I, I could improve on that. Mm. So I think my spiritual practice for me to really get to those higher levels, I need to do some more of the, we'll call it the heavy lifting. Yeah. You know? It's, you know, things are great right now in my life. I'm very grateful for it, but why not? I got the time. I can fucking do some, you know, I, I'm actually going to put my, um, my house, like a, a little corner, like a little reclining chair. And I go, that's going to be the area that I do my spiritual stuff, Aww. you know? And, and it's, it doesn't really fit. Like, it's just like a, a chair that I'm going to put there, but I go, Oh, that's my area for that. When I sit mm -hmm. there, that's what I'm doing. I'm not watching TV. That's my area for that. I think, yeah, I you know physically and mentally making space to yeah. seek is important, you know, and it's like I've, I've taken up a spear with my own conception of a higher power for the past couple of years and I've been working on it in therapy that I just like, I'm done putting, I'm, I'm, I got to put the spear down. I got to stop fighting the all. Yeah. Like I got to mm -hmm. stop fighting the universe mm -hmm. because that's when, it, when I'm in a rigid state, I want to fight the universe, God and everyone in it. And I just, I, I'm tired of fighting, yeah. you know. Aww, I love that. I love you guys. Yeah. You're killing it. We reached we it. the last question. Are you ready, Josh? Yeah, ma'am. Yeah, ma'am. Yeah, ma'am. Yeah, ma yes. Yeah, ma yes. Yes. What is one thing you would like to tell somebody just like you in the world? Love yourself more. Um, if you think something's funny or good or you have a passion, don't listen to any critique along the way. Mm. Meaning, um, you know what you're good at, really. Like if you go, for instance, when I was growing up, they, people called me freak boy. You're crazy. You're silly. Well, looking back, I just got the energy from my mom and the humor from my dad. I was just being me. Mm -hmm. 
So if I had learned to nurture that and accept that more when I was younger, I think that I would not be my age in Hollywood still trying to make it because I would have more depth and gravity to liking myself and not need the validation. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be looking around. I'd be like, no, I'm good. I'd go into an audition and be like, I'm good. If you want me, great. If you don't, you don't. Mm-hmm. I'd go into a meeting or whatever. Um, and I think accepting exactly who you are, you know, um, got a lot of gay friends out here and they're like, yeah, I couldn't accept who I was, you know? Mm-hmm. And I want literally one of my best friends out here, like kind of do you can call, Hey, I need you to come pick me up. Um, you know, it's four in the morning, this kind of guy, he came out to his mom, he was gay and it was this big, huge, elaborate, you know, crazy chaos, the disowning. And then his son just came out to him and it was over dinner. It was, it was like, Hey dad, uh, I'm gay. Oh, can you pass the ketchup? Oh, not a problem. So how's your day? It was like a non-event. Yeah. It was just a non-event. So that going to that back acceptance for me is just accepting I'm the way I am. You know, people are the way they are, whatever your feelings are. And if you really at your heart know that's who you are, then just go, that's accept. That's who I am. Mm-hmm. And if you don't like it, okay. It's, it's knowing the difference between constructive feedback and authenticity or constructive feedback and not constructive feedback. It's like, there's my, my therapist had a, had an interesting thing to say about that recently. I had a, a friend in the, a well-meaning friend in the program, give me some feedback and on something which was valid, but like, given the context of the situation, it wasn't maybe the crime that it was made out to be. And my therapist was like, I don't agree with that. I think you did. I think you handled it well. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. Just that idea of taking feedback and being like, ooh, is this valid? Okay, it's valid. Okay. Actually, that's not what I was actually, you know, I'm no, no. Yes to what you're saying. Mm -hmm. I'm actually talking about the step before that. I'm talking about within yourself. Yeah. Like, and if you're passionate about, uh, just going to give a random thing, uh, some sports, you know, you're like, I love this sport. I, you know, it doesn't matter what anybody else says. I don't even have to get to that step of the feedback. It's a matter of, I like that. Yeah. You know, you know, that's why I like being the 12 step. I don't need to be anonymous. I like, I'm proud of that. I like, I don't care. Mm -hmm. So then we go to the next step of the constructive feedback. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's it's like like me. And because if you look in the mirror, acceptance, yeah, there it is. That's what I was looking for. You know, mm-hmm. personally, like I hate hot sauce. I mean, who the hell likes hot sauce? <laughs> I mean, uh, who the fuck? A lot of people who've paid my rent the past. Oh, oh, I am you... sorry, Dave. I didn't know you were still on here. I you am dummies. sorry. <laughs> I am. I had no idea that Dave was even on this call. Josh, uh, you're so funny. Where can people find how funny you are online? What What would you like to plug? Social media handles, websites. This is your time. Well, uh, you can look for me, uh, Davey. You have all of my stuff on all of your social media, obviously. You look on Davey's page. Uh, my headshot's all over it. Uh, but <laughs> it's Josh Nasser, J-O-S-H-N-A, single S and Sam, A-R, across all platforms, Josh Nasser. Instagram.com slash Josh Nasser. Uh, TikTok.com slash at Josh Nasser. And that's my most exciting thing right now. Right now, I'm on track for the last, I don't know, six, eight weeks. I've been gaining in between... 40,000 to 180,000 followers per week. I just crossed 260 million views and I think 940,000 followers in the last five months. So that's my big one right now. That's really, really fun. Famey. Oh my gosh. Dave, where can people find you? 
You can find me and my hot sauce at Yates Comedy, Y-A-T-E-S Comedy, across all platforms. I even got a TikTok now, so you can watch my stand-up. Uh, so at Yates Comedy, Y-A-T-E-S Comedy. And if you want to buy hot sauce, uh, Josh is banned. But if you're not Josh, you can order at HaHaHotSauce.com. And you can find me at Anna Via's Fun on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. <laughs> um and all the all the social media platforms that's uh two ends anna v is fun one word um you can even find me on peloton with that you can you can become a pella buddy um uh you can also find me uh you can find this podcast at 12q pod on all the social media including um our gmail that is 12q pod gmail and tiktok we we have a ticky talk now um and we're putting some really cool clips up of this show and um yeah so hit us up ask us questions on any of these platforms ask us questions because we want to do an episode that is all 12 questions we have a few questions already so thank you and how we end this podcast every time is josh if nobody's told you this today we love you love you buddy He's smiling for the audio listeners it. at home. That hit harder. No, I was taking it in, you guys, and making a weird face. I love uh, it. That's awesome. Thank you very, very much for saying I love you guys. Thank you for having me on. It, I get abnormally excited. Like, I had it in my day planner. I set an alert five minutes before. I called Davey. Can I do it from my car? I might be driving. I might not. So I get overly excited for these things. It's, it's, I'm very grateful to do them. It's very fun. Oh, so, so happy that you did it. You were fantastic. And Dave, if... Nobody has told you this today. We love you. Blech. Especially Josh. Josh adores you, actually. I do. Yeah. I do really love you, Davey. I love your delicious love beer. You too. Love you too, buddy. <laughs> and if you're listening to this and nobody's told you this today, we love you. We love you, hey, Anna, Anna. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Wait, Anna. Anna. I love you. I love you, Josh. I love, love you, Love y'all. Thanks for listening. All right. All right. Thanks.